0: Up our series that we started on that Sunday following Easter. Uh, We're finishing up our series on Acts, considering how that early church really lived into their calling to be the church. And I told you on that Sunday following Easter that we were going to start and end at the beginning. And my friends, that's exactly where we are. We are back at the beginning. What has happened is that uh, Jesus has just ascended. Everyone was staring up at the sky and two men came and sort of prodded them and said, why are you staring at the sky? Why don't you get on with it and just start being the church? And so they had a vote because they were missing Judas. Judas had died by suicide. And so they uh, voted in Matthias And around that time was the time where they were celebrating a Jewish holiday, a festival of feasts of the weeks. And so uh, it was when they gather for that holiday that our scripture passage for today happens. So this is Acts 2 verses one through four. This is the arrival of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Friends, if you will, please join your hearts with mine as we pray. Holy God, we ask that you will set this time aside as holy, as apart, as different from everything that we have done every day this week. We pray that you will set our hearts aside, that they will be yours alone that we will be worshiping you, but that we will also bring our whole selves into this time. Our curiosity, our doubts, our certainty, our skepticism, our hope. We pray, God, that you will hold it all for us and that in holding it, it will be transformed by your light, by your touch. We pray that you will speak wisdom to us and that we will be able to hear it. I ask God that you will not allow me to get in that way. And if I do, then please push that aside because it is us who want you. We pray that it will be less of us and more of you in this moment, in our weeks, in our lives. So we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This week, I was wondering if you have ever been using the same words as someone else, but found yourself speaking a completely different language. When I was in college, I went to Egypt for three weeks with a group of young adults from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Newport Beach. We went to Egypt to spend time with our local mission partners there, supporting the Christian churches that were just a few hours outside of Cairo, by bringing funds and helping with their facilities, and by hosting a vacation Bible school. Now, for those of you who have been around any church that has done a vacation Bible school, you'll know that They are always hectic. Frenzy comes inherently with the territory of corralling children of all ages in singing and Bible study and art and games. But when you add to that a bunch of 20-somethings who have had limited cross-cultural experience and who don't speak a lick of Arabic to literally hundreds of small, excited Egyptian children, you really end up with a new level of chaos. Since none of us did speak their language, the only way that any of us knew how to make a meaningful connection with the kids during VBS was through play. They would run and grab onto us, chattering all the while, and we would just go with what they seemed to want to do. We would swing them side to side or skip or jump or sing with them. It was five days of constant movement. On the final night, as the last group of kids were being dragged outside of the church gates by their parents, I was sitting on a wall in the courtyard next to our translator. I was watching people come and go through the entryway to the church. That's when I saw one of the members of our team, David. He was in the doorway with a kid who had managed to crawl up David's body like a jungle gym and get himself into David's arms. You could really see that, as all of us had been over those few days, David didn't really know what to do. And so he just started to dance in circles with the kid. And the kid was giggling and giggling and giggling. Finally, the kid started singing in his toddlerish voice, la la la. And so David would say, David would say, la la la. And so then the kid would say, la la la. And David would say, la la la. and went on and on. It was really funny to watch but it was also heartwarming seeing that connection between this child and david it made me feel like we were really part of something special like we were really making a lasting uh, a lasting gift something that would linger with us far beyond when our plane took off and so because i wanted someone else to witness it with me i nudged our translator i said look at that isn't that neat And the translator sort of looked and watched for a while and then he chuckled to himself and he says, it sort of sounds like a miscommunication to me. And he explained to me that in Arabic, la means no. La, la, la. Sometimes we might be saying the exact same words as one another but we are speaking to completely different languages. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day where Christians celebrate the birthday of the church. It's the day where we celebrate the start of a spiritual community that was intentionally given different languages in order to speak the same message. The scripture says that the disciples, Jesus' friends, were gathered to celebrate the seventh week following Passover, and as they gathered, a wind filled the house where they were sitting, and tongues that sort of reminded them of fire started to divide and started to land on each person. And the wind and the tongues, the scripture said, were the Holy Spirit, who in turn filled their whole being and gave each person the ability to speak in all sorts of different languages. The scripture says that the ruckus that they started to cause, speaking in all of these different languages, caused a crowd to start to gather around them, baffled and bewildered because every person who had happened upon that scene could hear this group of people from Galilee speaking to them in words that they hadn't heard since they had sat on their grandmother's knee. This uneducated group of people from rural Galilee, we were speaking to a diverse group of people who had roots from around the world in a language that evoked the feeling of home, in a language that validated the dignity of their ancestry, in a language that instantly fostered relationship and understanding in the face of a stranger. they were hearing a language that they understood with their gut and their soul, not just with their ears. Scripture says that the disciples were using words that told of God's power. And they were, they were worshiping. And by speaking those words of power... In a language that each person in the crowd had grown up speaking. The other thing that the disciples were communicating to them was that God was not only powerful, but that God was also immediately and intimately present with each and every one of them. Don't you think it's funny? of all the things that the Holy Spirit could have done to birth the church into the world, this is what the Spirit did. Of all the things that could have characterized who the church is called to be from the very start, the ability to speak to strangers, the ability to speak across cultures, In a language that evokes belonging and worth and dignity is how the Holy Spirit chose to characterize the church. Is how the Holy Spirit chose to characterize us. When we celebrate Pentecost, my friends, we are being reminded that first and foremost as Christians, we are called to speak to every person and to all people in a language that conveys, affirms, and reminds them of their inherent value, dignity, and belonging to God. There are many things that can and do flow from that first thing. We do service and mission trips, Bible studies and formation, stewardship, nurture, healing. But speaking a language that speaks to the heart of who each person is created to be in the image of God must be where we start because that is where the Holy Spirit started with us if someone does not hear us speaking to them in a language that conveys belonging and worth and dignity, it is not a them problem, it is an us problem. In our world right now, we have a lot of people who are using the same words but speaking completely different languages words about rights, words about values, words about race. I know, my friends, that we come to these conversations from different starting points, with different experiences informing us, with different understandings that lead us. But wherever we join in, on these conversations, we need to bring our Holy Spirit, God-given gift for speaking the language of value and belonging to each and every one of these conversations, to each and every person that we meet, whether we know them well or we've never met them before. The first gift that we as the church were given by the Spirit of God, was the gift of being able to speak to people in a way that resonated within their gut and their soul, in a way that affirms to them that they, under no conditions, they are loved by God, that they belong, and that they are worthy. This week, I invite you to join me and considering how we can be that church today, committing ourselves to speaking in every conversation with the words of value, of belonging, of love, and of dignity.